the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're so glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministry is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer for you today is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God designed you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. You know, Ephesians is really about Paul reminding a group of people the truth of their God, the truth of their salvation, and his purpose in it all. Don't you ever ask yourself, why am I here? Don't you ever ask yourself, what is the purpose in it? Am I just supposed to survive day after day, grubbing and clawing for the best I can get? Is that the purpose of our existence? Why did God save us, give us eternity to look forward to, and leave us here on this planet? Why didn't He just take us straight up to heaven? Well, life has a purpose. And God's church has a purpose. And it's so much greater than any of us realize or even allow ourselves to realize. Paul starts out in Ephesians telling us what a wonderful Savior we have and how He has redeemed us, not just so that we can go to heaven one day, but that we can actually have life here on earth that's worthwhile. As we walk in union with Him, we can recognize His strength that goes so far beyond our weakness. We have a place, a safe place, where we're not rejected, where we're not cast aside, where our failures are not thrown in our face, where we can walk with dignity and confidence because we have a God who loves us and calls us His own. Paul reminds the Ephesians of this. And then Paul talks about Jesus returning into the heavens. His triumphant return. And it was quite a bit of fanfare. All of heaven took notice as Jesus seemingly went down the center of heaven, parading the victory that he had won, taking captivity captive and releasing the captives and proclaiming his sovereignty and his, his victory over death and sin and hell itself. And everybody cheered. But what was that about? Was that just homeboy done good? What was the celebration for? Was the celebration just for Jesus and his return? Oh, you made it. You did your time on earth. You're back. Way to go. Good job. No. The celebration wasn't really about that. Father was excited to see his son return in victory. Because when his son returned, he returned with all of us. With everyone that would ever turn their face towards heaven and say, I need a God. I need a Savior. He returned with us. 
And the father was excited. And the father says, these are my children. Not all have been born yet. Not all have come to me yet, but they will come. The time is coming when they will recognize me and they will love me. A father is excited about the affection of his children. And it is so good. Father wanted children that would choose him. I mean, as parents, isn't that what you want? Obviously, they don't do it all the time. But what warms a parent's heart is to have a child run up and say, Dad, Mom, put their arms around you. Recognizing that you are their father or their mother or their loved one. Choosing to love you when they don't have to. We don't have to love God. He's always going to love us, but we don't have to love Him. We have to choose. And you know, it doesn't stop at salvation. Every day you get up, you have to choose. You choose to recognize His love. You choose to recognize His parentage. You choose to recognize His tender mercies in your life. Oh, it was a great celebration, but that celebration was more than just Jesus' return. It was about us. Heaven was excited about us. There was this triumphant yells and, and choruses played. I'm sure it was probably a huge deal. And Jesus strode up and God says, I'm going to bestow gifts upon these, my children. What do you suppose, apart from salvation, would be the greatest gift God could give us? Well, many of us would think, can think of a lot of things. But I'm going to tell you the greatest gift that God gives us, and it's in verse 11. He says He gives us gifts, many gifts. These gifts are men. They're gifted men. And there's nothing special about their humanity. What's special is what God is going to bring forward through them. And what that is, is an acquaintance with Him. A growing in relationship with Him. A teaching. You know, it's the parent's heart. A good parent wants to spend time teaching and cultivating and working with their child. Helping them to mature and grow. Helping them to understand that what they need for life and helping them to know how much you love them and being a part of their lives. God brought to us gifts, the gift of knowing Him through preachers and teachers and evangelists. It's not so much about the people who are doing it. It's not that they're special. It is God's working through them. It is God's desire to bring you along in truth that is special. And why did he do that? Well, that brings us to verse 12. The verse we ended with. It says, His intention in those gifts was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints. That would be you if you've received him. His consecrated people. That they should do the work of ministering toward building up Christ's body, the church. That they... Who does the work? The saints. That they should do the work of ministering. Do you think of yourself as being a minister? Do you? Listen, I'm going to tell you something. The Godhead bodily resides in you through your spirit. He didn't put all of that in you just so you could cope with life. He put that in you that He might be in union with you. That He might express His life through you. And when his life is expressed, everyone who's been here knows its ministry. Have you ever been touched by his life? Was it anything less than ministry? That's what you're about. 
body of Christ, that's what you're about. We don't need the ministry of your flesh. That's obviously not ministry. The ministry of His life in you. And what does it do? It acquaints you with Him as He as He demonstrates something other than your flesh. As He demonstrates His spiritual work through you. Let me give you an example. Do you know that it's no accident that any of you are here? You can tell me your parents brought you or maybe your, your relative talked you into it or maybe you, a friend made you come, whatever you want to say. But I'm going to tell you that you are here specifically because God wants you to hear something. And it may not be what I say, it may be what He's saying to you right now. There's a ministry going on. Oh, you can refuse to recognize it. Just like many of us did in high school, we could sit in the back of the classroom and be preoccupied with something else. But the truth of the matter is that you have a God who's trying to communicate truth to you so that you can know Him. So that you can become more acquainted acquainted with Him. So that you can become intimate with Him. Because that's the greatest blessing. You know, there's no other purpose in this life. That's why you're here. You thought it was to grow up, to be successful, maybe to be a a husband or a wife, to raise children. Maybe you thought it was evangelism. But I'm going to tell you right now, the purpose of you walking upon the planet is to know Him. You wonder where the joy is in your life? You wonder where the blessings are of life? You wonder where the gifts, the treasures of life, the abundant life He speaks of? I came, says Jesus, that they might have life, speaking of himself, and that they might have it in abundance, speaking of the abundance of his own life. That's why you're here, to know him. Now, when we did verse 12, we talked about God's intention for the saints and for the church. And as we read verse 12, we talked about the varying types of perfecting. Because he says, his intention was perfecting, was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints. Now, y'all remember the the three types of perfection, those uh, perfecting that we talked about. There is the perfection of the Spirit. That is, when, when you receive Jesus as your Savior, He put His Spirit within you and He gave you a new spirit. What was the purpose of that? The purpose was that you might be in union with Him. Never to be separated. Never, ever to be separated. If you're a child of God, you will never be separated from Him. You're not separated from Him now. Now, you can feel distance. And you feel distance. Have you ever, you ever love, have a loved one or a close friend that y'all could be sitting next to each other, but there's something between you? There's a distance. Even with parents and children, there can be a distance between us. Husbands and wives, there can be a distance, even though we're in proximity with each other. Well, with God, you're in union with Him, and there is no distance except your perception. doesn't matter what you do or where you go, you will never be separated from Him. That took place at salvation. You are in unbroken fellowship with Him. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, But the person who is united to the Lord becomes one spirit with Him. One. 
The second is the final perfection. That is when we are delivered from this physical body that is corrupted by sin and given the new incorruptible body. Now, we're all excited about that. Leaving the aches and pains and problems behind and having a new incorruptible body. Because the issue with us even now is that we walk about in a body that is an earth suit and it needs the earth and it calls out to the earth and it it, it acquaints itself with the earth and it's all about the earth. And unfortunately, this is a sin-cursed world we're living in. And the appetites of the body are not always good appetites. And the desire to to relate to this world is not a good desire. It corrupts us. Paul calls it the body of sin. And that's why he also says to offer your bodies as instruments, living sacrifices unto him. That means surrender it up to him because the dynamic of that earth suit you're wearing is not necessarily a good dynamic. You were born in sin. You notice none of us got a new body when we got saved. At least I didn't. If you did, I want to know where you went. We all have the same body, don't we? The third is experiential perfection. It is becoming perfect in the practice of living out of the relationship with Him. It's living out of His life and experiencing life with Him rather than independently. And that's why we're here. The third is the purpose for your being here. To experientially grow in the relationship with Him. Now listen. That is a determined act on your part. That is you choosing to recognize Him. That is you setting aside unbelief just because you don't have a grand vision. You recognize that it is His life that holds you together. That it is His provision that keeps you going. That it is He who keeps you. That you're in union with Him. And the reason life is varied... The reason life has ups and downs, and the reason that we have circumstances that are good and bad, and there's and we live in a sin-cursed world that offers all kinds of problems and situations, God has taken all of those things, and He, as He says, works all things together for good. What is that good? Does that mean He changes your circumstances? Christians magically have all their circumstances turned to good? Is that true? Well, I don't know what church you go to, but it doesn't happen here. The truth is, Christians go through some pretty lousy circumstances, right? What does he mean he turns all things together for good, works all things for good? I'm going to tell you what it means. Good is another name for God. Jesus says, none but the Father is good. And when he says he works all things together for good, he's saying that in the midst of whatever you're going through, you can recognize a greater good, a greater purpose. There is healing in him. Oh, that doesn't mean that you won't ever have cancer. doesn't mean that you won't ever lose a loved one. doesn't mean that you won't go through difficult times. It means that in the midst of all of those things, you can find God and his life and His truth, and His peace, and His provision, and His comfort. Because the truth is, none of us are going to leave this world without trouble. Jesus said, in this world there will be trouble. That is the third process. Now remember that when He's talking about perfecting, He's not talking about living a sinless life. The word perfection actually in Ephesians is the Greek word, and it means Fully equipped, mature, complete. It's God's desire that you be equipped, mature, and complete. 
He is saying, let them be equipped through the preaching and teaching of the truth. Let them be mature in their practice of living out of this life. And that's what this fellowship's about. It's teaching you the truth. Reminding you of the truth. Reinforcing the truth. Taking your focus off of yourself and putting putting it upon Him. That you may grow, that you may mature in your relationship with Him. That's my heart for you. That's my desire for you. This is why we're here, to grow in the truth of who you are and the liberty of His life expression through you. Now, I'm going to read through uh, those verses, starting with verse 11 through verse 13, for the sake of continuity. And his gifts were varied. This is what he gave out upon his return. He himself appointed and gave men to us, some to be apostles, special messengers, some prophets, inspired preachers and its founders, some evangelists, preachers of the gospel and traveling missionaries, some pastors, shepherds of his flock and teachers. Why did he do that? His intention was the perfecting and full equipping of the saints. That would be you. His consecrated people, that they should do the work of ministering toward building up Christ's body, the church. Verse 13. Building it up that it might develop until we attain oneness in the faith and in the comprehension of the full and accurate knowledge of the Son of God, that we might arrive at really mature manhood. The completeness of personality, which is nothing less than the standard height of Christ's own perfection. The measure of the stature of the fullness of the Christ and the completeness found in Him. Now when we look at verse 13, it says, Until we all attain, which should tell you that we have not all attained. That will not happen until the last day, the final day. At that point, every Christian will have his focus where it needs to be. Every Christian will be matured by sovereign work of God into the truth of who God is. That will happen. But it will not happen until that day. Now listen, what is the value of maturing and growing? What is the value of knowing Him more? Of knowing more of Him? What kind of relationship would I have with my wife? How much joy would I have in my marriage with her? If all I knew of her is what I learned in dating, would it grow? Would I want to maintain it? Would it be worth my time and effort? Would we be affectionate? Would we appreciate one another? No. What makes the marriage relationship special is that I am moment by moment, day by day, hour by hour, week by week, and then year by year, I am growing in my understanding and knowledge of her love for me and my love for her. And what has made that happen? Varying circumstances, time, situations. I have learned a lot about her strengths and her weaknesses, and she's learned a lot about mine. Because life has brought all of these circumstances to us. Now, that is, that is a very limited view of the value of knowing Christ Jesus. Because it was in your darkest hour that you saw His light. It was when you were bankrupt of soul that you found His provision far above anything that you could hope or ask for. It was when this world left you empty and cold that you found the warmth of His embrace. It was in the contrast of what this life has offered you that you found the truth of His life. And as you grow in that, 
as you grow over time in the truth of your God and become confident in the fact that He does not leave you, He does not forsake you, that His life is all about you. As you become confident in that, you walk with liberty. You walk with freedom. You walk with peace that this world will not give you. That's the value of knowing Him. Verse 13 says, Until we all attain oneness. Until we are all one in Christ. Galatians 3.28 tells us that we're already all one in Christ. But there's a oneness that goes beyond that. Galatians 3.28 says, There is now no distinction, neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no ma- not male and female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And what Paul is talking about is a different oneness. It is a progressive knowing. Look, the human condition is that we are born as babes and we mature into adulthood. And that maturing process becomes a knowing for us as we understand our strengths and weaknesses. For I could not do as a babe what I could do as an adult. And I did not know as a babe what I know as an adult. And for me to function normally and to grow into the truth of who I am, even though I will never be less human than I am now, I must grow and mature. The same is true of you spiritually. God's desire for you and the perfecting of the saints and the growing of you is that you mature into the truth of who you are. The Amplified says that we might develop. Paul's referring to a maturing, a growing up in your capacity to know Christ intimately. We mature in our humanity, becoming better acquainted with our strengths and weaknesses through life on the planet, living life on the planet. Through the nurturing of those that God has placed around us, we are brought to maturing. As Christians, God allows this world to illustrate all we need to know about Him. How does He do that? Well, simple. The world offers hardship, He offers comfort. The world offers famine, and He offers provision. The world offers fear, and He offers peace. He uses the circumstances of life around them. He doesn't cause them, but He uses them to bring about the truth of His character. Now, many of us want to reject that. And you know what? The the person who seeks wisdom seeks God. And he sees God in every circumstance. And when he walks into a situation, he's not just looking for deliverance from, from tough times. He's looking to know God in it. And this is the folly of youth. If youth believe that, that, that they're in, indestructible in many ways, that that's their emotional attitude, and so they go through life willy-nilly, not caring, going for it, thinking this is going to be it, this is the big bang, this is where I'm going to get fulfilled, and it never happens. But you know what? They come to the conclusion somewhere down the trail, may not be as a youth, but eventually life will bring you to the place where you recognize you were made for Him. And nothing else satisfies. Nothing else works. Now, wisdom will tell you that. Wisdom will cry aloud to you and say, Life is folly without Him. See Him in the circumstance. Seek Him. Seek Him. Continually seek Him. And you can know what others find out the hard way. That you were made for Him. That He is your life. But, you take the hard road, you'll figure it out that way too. Because nothing else. God won't allow anything else to satisfy you. There's another truth. In Hebrews 4.12, I'm going to bring this up. 
Well, let me, let me step back there. The Bible speaks about the dividing of the soul and spirit. And as we grow in our understanding that life is in the spirit, we learn that the riches of Christ are there and the abundance of life is there. The day that Christ entered our lives, he placed within us the abundant life that we need. In our spirit, there is acceptance, love, assurance, security, and joy. The immature believer continues to seek to look for life outside of himself. Oh, life will be for me when I find the right girl. Life will be for me when I get my family. Life will be for me when when my husband stops drinking. Life will be for me when I get the job that pays well. Life will be for me when my children are all behaving. Life will be for me. You get it over and over again. And it's always just beyond where you're at, isn't it? Just beyond. Well, let me tell you something. That is the truth of a soul that looks beyond God for something to live for. But it's not for a soul that seeks rest in Him. The soul that focuses upon the truth of who He is in Christ. That recognizes that in Jesus everything I need is there. It doesn't matter whether or not you think it's there. It's there. Most things we have to take by faith. You may not yet believe that Jesus is enough for life, but life will prove it for you. Thank you for joining us today for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation, rest in His life moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. To get to know us better, visit us on the web at hislifefellowship.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If this message has blessed you, you can help support this program with your gift to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 781-529, San Antonio, Texas, 78278. And now, before we go, our prayer for you this coming week is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you and that you would remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.